If you have your Bible, turn with me to Revelation, Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. We are continuing our our. Uh, our series on God's report card for the church. Uh, also, want to make sure that you know that uh, sun, on Palm Sunday morning, now we're having the special presentation at 3 and at 6. That's going to be awesome. Ignite with the adult choir together and uh, socially distanced, don't worry. And, um, and the high school singers are doing a, a special kind of drama presentation. I don't want to give it away, but it's going to be good. But that'll be at 3 and at 6 uh, on Palm Sunday afternoon. But Palm Sunday morning, Morning, we will have with us a real live donkey, all right? I've got to do it one time. Donkey, you know what I'm saying, like on Shrek. But anyway, but we are going to have a real live donkey, so you can get your pictures with him or her. Not sure which one we'll have this uh, year, but we are excited about that. And, um, and so we, we, we've had one for the last several years, and no doubt we, we're going to have one uh, with us this week, I mean this year, to help us celebrate Palm Sunday. And uh, so you don't want to miss that. And then, of course, Easter Sunday morning, just want to make sure that you know there is a little slight difference in schedule. Nine o'clock will be a service and 10 o'clock will be a service. Both of those services will be uh, contemporary services. So just decide you want to come an hour earlier or you want to come, I mean, 45 minutes earlier or you want to come 15 minutes later than you usually do. But we are going to be doing four services uh, in, in the house this that morning, 8, 9, 10, and 11, 15, and 8 and 11, 15 will be traditional. Uh, we would love for you to go on and sign up. You don't have to sign up, but it will help us plan on that, either if you're coming to the 9 o'clock or the 10 o'clock. We will have 6.30 sunrise service outside, but that will be really early, but we, you're welcome to come and be with us for that as well. Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29 Revelations chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. Let us hear God's word. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent uh, repent. Of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am He who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you, I say, and to the rest of Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not shown the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have. Till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him, I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessels, as I also have received from my Father. 
and I will give him the morning star. And he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your Word this morning and for the inspiration of it. Now may it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way that we will be challenged, that we will be changed, and that we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are well into this series, uh, God's Report Card for the Church. If you have not gotten a uh, devotional, uh, we, I think we do have a few of those left, and you can get one of those um, that you can be following along in. Also, if you uh, need to go back and watch some of the other sermons, they are online as well. But just kind of a quick overview, we started out. Now, remember, this is uh, God's Report Card to the Churches of Asia Minor, and he gives that report card through. John the Revelator, who is exiled on the Isle of Patmos, on the island of Patmos. And so, first of all, he speaks to Ephesus. Ephesus, uh, he says, you've done good keeping your doctrine. You've done good holding uh, true to the right beliefs. But I have one thing against you. He says, you've left your first love. In other words, they are not sure of why they're keeping the doctrine they are. They've left Jesus as their first love. They, he, other things have come into play. And, and if Jesus is our first love, we talked about how we are going to tell others about it. We're going to love one another, and we're going to make his mission our priority. His mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And then we talked about the church at Smyrna, and we talked about how to persevere. They were going through persecution, and we talked about how to persevere, and we persevere by acknowledging our blessings. Many times we don't realize the blessings we have because we don't acknowledge. We concentrate on more of what we don't have instead of acknowledging what we do have. And then he said, don't let fear overtake you and stay Stay faithful till the end. Stay faithful until the end. There may be persecution till the end. There may be hard times till the end, but stay faithful until the end. And then last week we talked about the church of Pergamos, and it's called a compromised church, not compromised in a good way, but compromised in a bad way. In other words, they're not being real, they're not living out, they're, they're talking to talk, but not walking to walk. And we talked about how we need, to be, we need to be a church that's real, not necessarily perfect, it's not always perfect, but we can be a church that's real, and we offer grace at the same time. And then we get to the church of Thyatira. Now, Thyatira is there in Greece and was a prosperous city. Uh, it was... But the major worship there was not Christianity. The major worship there during this time was to the God, uh, was to the sun god Apollo. And and what would happen is is that certain emperors that would come to rule there would claim that they are divinely Apollo incarnate, and that's why they have become rulers. So many times the rulers actually had a divine, or or said that they had a divine right to be ruler and that they were actually the God incarnate, uh, uh, Apollo. And so the church here is in that kind of situation, and they get some good marks. They get some A's and B's, you know, some good marks, and we're always happy whenever we get some good grades and all. But, and so look at Revelation 2.19. He says, I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patient, and as far your works 
And as for your works, the last are more than the first. In other words, there's some of the fruit of the Spirit showing there. You're doing pretty good. In fact, uh, your last uh, marks, you've done better than you were at the beginning. But then verse 20 starts like this. And these are the words you don't want to hear in Revelation. Verse 20 starts, but nevertheless, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my uh, servants to commit sexual adultery and to eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Now, Jezebel, is it, it, she was not an actual woman at that time. Jezebel was actually in the Old Testament. She was Ahab's wife. Uh, she was a queen, and she uh, was after God's prophet, Elijah, and she was constantly trying to pull the Israelites into all kinds of idolatry and idol worship. In other words, she was trying to pull them away from worshiping God. And so whenever he talks about Jezebel, he's talking about anything that is pulling them away from worshiping God in a true way. And of course, uh, she had, there were all kinds of things happening then that could have been that. And one of those things was uh, sexual immorality that was pulling people away from honoring God. And then also there were things of eating the meat that was sacrificed to idol was like a big no-no. And she and the people, some of them were entering that into the church. And so, but last week we talked about some of those things outside the church that we can idolize or make idols in our life. This week I want to talk about mainly this bad report is really about worship. It's really about worship, and it's the things that can get in the way of our worship to God. It's the things that we can begin to idolize, actually things that are in the church that get in between us and God. And so I want to talk about several of those idols that we have in the church. The church has some idol worship problems today, and we're going to talk about those. Number one is this. The church rituals. So many times it's very easy for us as a church to idolize or to make the rituals that we do into idols. And, and I'll, I'll just tell you, I mean, it, we fall into it in all kinds of things. You say, well, what kind of ritual would we do that would fall into idols? Now, rituals are good. Rituals are not bad. In fact, I hope one of all of our rituals is to brush our teeth every day. Amen? That is what I hope, and y'all will be thankful if it is, if you are not wearing masks. Well, masks may have prevented that in some ways. But anyway, um, still brush your teeth even if you're wearing a mask. But the thing is, is that that's a ritual that's very good. So there are very good rituals. And there's rituals in the church that are good. I mean, the songs that we sing in many ways are a ritual that helps us to worship God. The prayers that we pray, the uh, responsive readings, if you're in traditional or other things sometimes, and, and things that we do will help us to worship God. But we cannot make the ritual are worship. In other words, I've known churches before that if you changed anything in the bulletin, then you were just you, you weren't worshiping. You were you were messing it up somehow. Now, I'll tell you, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have not had bulletins. We got connect cards that you can sign in uh, if you're visiting or if God moves in your heart or if you have a prayer request, those are you're given as you come in. But we, we don't have bulletins. We haven't had them since uh, COVID started, and I have not heard one person complain to me about not having a bulletin. I think that's a good thing. Not that bulletins are bad. 
But they, I, I know of some churches that, it, like I say, you couldn't change anything in the bulletin or you were messed up. And, or, or there's certain activities that churches do every year that are rituals. And if you don't watch out, we're worshiping that ritual instead of worshiping the God that that ritual is to hope, help us do. There's certain events that they, oh, we can't not have that. We've always done it that way before. And we fall into those kind of idols. Here's the thing. God is not interested in our rituals. God is interested in our heart. God is interested in what he's doing in us. Look, look at what it says there in Revelation 2.23. All the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. That's what God's looking at. I love how Isaiah says it in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. He says, therefore, says the Lord, inasmuch as these people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips but have removed their hearts far from me. So he's saying it's not about what we sing, it's not about what we say, it's not about the rituals that we do, but what is important is where our hearts are at when we come to worship God. Amen? That's what it's important. That's what it is all about. I love what J.D. Walt said. He was At that time, he was the chaplain of Asbury Seminary's chapel, and, and he said it like this. Now he writes Seedbed and, and is their publisher and, and editor and everything. But he said this. He said, people want to light the candles without knowing what the fire is all about. And we are here to be not about the candles. We're here to be about the fire. And there's nothing wrong with candles. This candle right here symbolizes for us the presence of Christ that is with us. But let me tell you something. If for some reason we forget to light that candle, God is still going to be with us. Amen? And we've done that before. I, I, uh, especially with that little lighter thing that I can't work half the time. But the thing is, is that it's not about the candles. It's about the fire from the Holy Spirit and what God's doing in our hearts. Second uh, idol, a lot of times that churches find themselves, we find ourselves worshiping at times, is the church building. The church building. Many times churches worship their building more than they worship the God who they're going to the building, that they're, uh, the God that they're supposed to be worshiping in that building. I mean, listen, one of the, uh, and I think, that, you know, there's been a lot of bad stuff with COVID, terrible stuff. But I think if there is something good, one thing or whatever, maybe a few things, I don't know, but if there's anything good that came out of this COVID, one of the things possibly is the fact that we as a church have seen that we're not a building. We're not a building. Just like the video that we watched at the first, the church is the people. You and I, we are the church. And wherever we gather, that is the church. Now listen, we, we're used to worshiping in here at 945. I mean, so it was nothing new for us. But we've added the services, the traditional services here at 815 and 1115. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I love our sanctuary. I love preaching in our sanctuary because everybody's right close together. But that's a problem with COVID. You can't have everybody right close together. So we've had to do all the worship services in here. But let me tell you something. The power of God at 815 and 1115 has been just as strong as it ever was over there because church is not about a building. Amen? Listen to what Acts says in Acts chapter 5, verse 42. It says, And every day in the temple... And from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. 
And so the early church, which was the church, it was thriving, it was growing. Now, it still had problems. It had problems because it had people. And as long as the church has people, there's going to be some problems. Amen? It's just a part of what goes with the territory. But, at their, but the church at one of its finest stages, they were worshiping not only in the temple but from house to house. But what was important, they were teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. And we can do that anywhere. We can do that anywhere. Listen, we're tearing down that old building B back there. And it's, it's hard. It's hard thinking about that. There's no doubt about it. When you think about all the ministry that was done in that and people that got married in that old sanctuary and offices and classrooms and, and uh, even the We Care preschool started back there in, in that old building. But the thing about it is what I think is awesome, and we decommission it, we thank God for that ministry, but we knew when that building can no longer be used for building the kingdom of God and ministry, then it had to come down because that building's not the church. This building's not the church. We are the church. Now listen, does that mean that you don't take care of your buildings? No, it doesn't mean that. Yes, we want to take care of our buildings. Yes, we want our buildings to be the best that we can be. We want our nursery to be ministry friendly. And we want our nursery to look like we love children and not like some jail cell for the children. I've been in churches before that they've got somebody's old crib that was in their attic and they didn't want anymore. Or somebody's all the old toys that people used to play with in their sandbox. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll bring it to church and put it in the nursery. That's not what we want. No, we want good stuff. We want nice stuff that says we care about your kids we want that do we do we want we want our parking lots and we want our porches and our fellowship halls to be used for the glory of God the building is to be used for that and we should do the best we can we we need to have our parking lot welcoming to everybody and welcoming everybody in and not not happening with traffic jams and all of that. And that's why we have parking people that help out. And that's why we, we staff are parking across the street. And anybody else that's able bodies, as people are coming back, you're welcome to park across the street. You can also park over here and over there. But anyway, uh, but the thing is, we do that because we want to use our buildings for the glory of God. I heard a district superintendent told me one time that he was talking to a guy. He was from this small church that was kind of, Dying and the building, you know, was uh, kind of just seen as this really nice historic building, but the church only was having about seven or eight people in it and, and everything. In fact, there were more people in the graveyard than there were in the sanctuary on Sunday morning. But anyway, we won't go there. But the thing about it is, and this guy told him, this was a leader in that church, he said, well, honestly, as long as the church can stay open until after my funeral, I really don't care what happens after that. Folks, when that is our idea of a church building, we have missed the mark and we are doing some idol worship in great ways. It is not about that. It's about the people and glorifying God. And last, many times we also worship how the church benefits us. Many times worship... If we don't watch out, we'll become about what we can get instead of what we can give. Now, I need to clarify here. Half of a pastor's time is usually clarifying so that people don't say, oh, he said this or whatever. I need to clarify. I'm not saying that we shouldn't receive something in worship. 
I pray that everybody that comes in here receives something in worship. But I honestly believe that we will really receive what we need to receive if we turn ourselves outward and give to God how we need to give to God. And whenever I say in giving, I'm talking about giving Him praise. That's why we sing these songs, so that we can give Him praise. And, and I mean, that song, So Will I. Oh, my gracious. It was all about if God does all of this, I will give it. I So will I. And, and, and it's all about giving ourselves to God. It's all about doing that. Listen, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's about giving our praise to God. It's about giving our attention to God. It's about giving our offerings, yes, and money to God. It is about part of that. That's a part of it. It's about giving ourselves in prayer to God. Listen, there shouldn't be a time that we come together that we don't pray and give ourselves and intercede for those that are hurting. That's why we lift up those names. That's why our prayer team's lifting up names. That's why they're praying for folks. It's about that. It's about praying for places that need clean water. It's about praying for Christians that are being persecuted around the world. It's about praying for folks that are still hurting from COVID and from this pandemic. But let me tell you something. I believe that it is when we come with a given heart and given of ourselves in worship, that's when we really receive something from God. And He fills our hearts and souls in such a way that the what can I benefit syndrome cannot plague us ever again. So let's examine our worship. Are we bound to the rituals? Are we placing more faith in our building, our pews, or our chairs, or our windows than we are to God who all of that should be utilized for? And are we making our worship all about us instead of all about Him? Instead of all about God? And if we are, we need to repent. Uh, Andy Crouch talked about and brought up the fact that, you know, back in the 80s, which I love the 80s, by the way, if y'all haven't realized already, things were right in the world. No, I'm just kidding. There was plenty wrong, I know. But back in the 80s, early 80s, um, you know, we would wear blue jeans. And if we wore out the, the pants on those blue jeans, wore out the knees or whatever, we'd do one of, two, three, one of three things. We'd either throw them away. Or we would put a patch over them. There were iron-on patches. Man, iron-on patches. We'd put a patch over them. Or if it was near summertime, we cut them bad boys off. Now, if y'all want to see something funny, it would be me and cut off jean shorts. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Especially, they always were a little higher than what you planned them on, on them being. I'll just go ahead and tell you. And somehow, them bad boys would tighten up. I don't know how they tightened up when you cut them, but it would tighten up. So... You do not want to see that picture. But, 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 but let me tell you something. But now, but it was in the 80s whenever they actually started, they figured out that you could throw some bleach in there. And the, the designers of Levi and all those, Wrangler, Wrangler, yeah. Y'all remember Wrangler? But anyway, the, the, desire, the Wrangler and Levi's and all, they decided you could throw some bleach in there and throw some rocks and, and it becomes stonewashed. 
And I remember when stonewashed jeans, everybody had to have some stonewashed jeans, and, and the women wore mom jeans. Those things have come back. I could not believe when those things come back. Holy cow, mom jeans. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, and now what we do, we pay extra. We pay extra for jeans that are stonewashed, worn out. Not only that, but now we're paying extra for jeans that have holes in them. Trinity came home with a pair the other day. I said, I hope you paid half price for those because you didn't get but half the jeans right there. I mean, they're like big old holes right here and all. And what we do, we want the worn out look, but we just want to just buy it just like that. And that's what I believe sometimes we do with worship. We just want to come, do our thing, and get what we want. When I honestly believe God is looking for us to come as we are, and to give it all until we just wear ourselves down to where he can finally begin to work in our hearts and lives. Amen? That's what he's looking for in us. That's what he wants us to be. Because here's what he promised. He said, you hang in there like that. You worship like that. He says, I will, at the end of this scripture, he says, I will give you the morning star. Now, the stars meant something back then. In fact, the gods, that's where the gods were. In fact, some of the constellations they would call, I mean, there was one that they called Hercules and all. And I don't know if it's the rock version or the um, uh, Luferigno version or whatever. But anyway, but they call it that. But, but he's saying to you, that's how you'll be with God. I will give you the morning star, meaning you will be with God as you worship me in spirit and truth. And that's what I hope for all of us this morning, is that we will find that place that we will give ourselves and our hearts and our everything to Him so that He will be here with us. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank You. We thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for who You are. And now, Lord, we pray that as we continue and finish this worship this morning that You will just meet us here. Meet us here, God. Maybe there's some of us, somebody watching or somebody in this place that just simply... To start with, it says, Lord, I need you in my life. Before I can get to that place to worship, I just need you in my life. And right now, Lord, we pray that they will just invite you in and say yes. And give their heart to you. So that you can begin to fill their heart with your love and joy. In Jesus' name we pray.